On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, we talk about the panic meter for some of the teams that are struggling out of the gate for the 2023 MLB season. Jacob deGrom hurt again. Zach Neto called up to make his MLB debut for the Angels. Pablo Lopez signs an extension. And can Bryce Harper play first base? Find out right now. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What is going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 95. It is Monday, April 17th. Alex, officially week two has finished. It's in the books. I will say, too, very uncharacteristic start to the baseball season, Alex, as we see a lot of these teams that have had a lot of success in the path in the past, not off to, I would say, the, the best starts, the greatest starts. Uh, two teams that I definitely like to circle being the Houston Astros 7-9, and nine, the Los Angeles Dodgers 8-8. Eight and eight. I think both Travis. sides would think... We'd be we'd be looking at you know better win results it, right it, now. It's very it's very funny you say that because as we sat down to record here, I came up with a segment on the fly. I'm, I'm in I, your head, and I think I think we have to jump into it right now. Since, I'm in your head. Yep. yep. Since, since you brought us here, you know, usually we're pretty prepared with like a step by step guide, but this time we went a little flying solo, and looks like we our heads were in the same spot. So Travis, I'm gonna ask you some teams and where they land on your panic meter. The first one you already mentioned that I wrote down mm-hmm. is the Houston Astros. Now, I don't think they should panic in regards to the talent on their team. But what I will say is at this current moment, um, they are fourth in the AL West. Obviously, they can leapfrog these teams pretty quickly. But Seattle is an even 500 with room to improve. Angels are an even 500 with room to improve. And Texas is off to a very nice 9-6 and six start. So it just it's just pretty clear that Houston... Um, has their work cut out for them in that the teams above them are not like looking like they're just going to roll over, right? There's talent throughout the division now, and Houston's off to a pretty bad start. So are you where are you at with their panic meter? Should they be worried or are they going to be fine? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be fine. Um, a lot of guys are, I think, off to pretty slow starts. I mean, I look at their infield, Alex. Martin Maldonado, a 631 OPS. Jose Abreu, a 550 OPS. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, which he's playing second base. Altuve should be back maybe end of May. Dubon, uh, you know, a, six, a 765 OPS. Jeremy Pena, a 710. And Alex Bregman, a 640 OPS. So a very, very poor OPS performance from the infield. I look at the outfield, though. Jordan, Chaz McCormick, Kyle Tucker, all those guys are performing like they should. Kyle Tucker off to a great start, an OPS over 1,000. But, um, I'm not too worried about them pitching wise. Some guys are doing very, very well, like Framber, uh, Hunter Brown, and Jose Urquidy. Some guys could definitely, you know, there is some room to improve on. You know, Christian Javier, uh, I'm not too worried about the 4.24 ERA. It's still young, it's still early in the season. One, one bad start would basically make or break your ERA. Uh, Luis Garcia off to a, a rough start as well, but. Um, it's safe to say, I, I, I don't think it's, it's panic time for Houston. I think it was last year, Alex, where they won 10 straight games in a row in, I think it was me- beginning of May. 
uh, that really kind of pushed them back into first place in the AL West. And then there was no looking back last season, of course, and then they finished with the World Series. But they are one team that it is a very uncharacteristic start. Uh, it's it's funny seeing a guy that like Altuve, who's their captain, their leader, uh, the team isn't 100% clicking with him out of the lineup. So will he uh, make a big presence when he comes back? I don't know. But I just I, I think this infield does need to step things up if they want to start winning more ballgames because you can't have three of the nine hitters batting great and then the rest just, you know, not even not even being valuable at all. So uh, it, it's something that they needed to get straightened out. And, uh, you know, I think Dusty needs to take a deeper look into some of these guys. It's a different year. It, it's, it's really a different year for this Astros team. I wonder if the hangover will be in full effect from the World Series. But uh, so far, again, not too concerned. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, looking at their division, like I mentioned earlier, it looks like actually Seattle, the Angels, um, and the yeah, sorry, Seattle, uh, Anaheim, and Texas all are positive run differential, yep. as are the Astros. So it just seems like there's no real fluke in that division. You know, maybe Texas cools off, maybe the Angels, Seattle both could go up or down. It feels like so. Um, lot, lot of, lot of games to be played clearly, but um, it seems like there's no real like big question mark fluke there in the division yet. Obviously, the A's are going to be the A's this year. Um, there's just no hiding that fact. They're already at a minus 63 run differential, Travis. That is, that is, that is like double everyone except for Detroit. Like every other team but Detroit has like half as many. You're talking runs. Oakland. Oakland, yeah. Okay. O- yeah. Oakland's at a minus 63 run differential, and like. There's no other team in the 30s except for Detroit. Like that's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. How? Yeah, I, I, I knew when we talked about you know our preseason picks in terms of over unders for win totals. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think Oakland does have a chance to be historically bad this year. I mean, three wins to start the year off is not the best start. Am I surprised? Not really. Uh, with the lineup and the roster that they put out there every night. Um, I, I mean, I, this is kind of expected. But yeah, the the run differential will be very interesting to look at. Come. August, September, Alex, for uh, worst of all time, if, if that may be, if we want to start getting into that conversation. But it's it's not a good start for Oakland. And then uh, keeping it rolling, Travis, the next team I want to ask you about in terms of panicking um, is going to be the Chicago White Sox. They are a team who we weren't like incredibly high on going into the year, right? It's not like we said that they were going to for sure make the playoffs. They're one of these fringe teams, but they are off to a 6-10 and 10 start, a minus 23 run differential. And Travis, I mean, we're talking about series losses to Pittsburgh. We're talking about destroyed uh, by the Giants. I think the Giants had a record of home runs against them a couple. Yes, they not last week. They lost sixteen to six to the Giants. Um, they lost that series. They also lost three to twelve to the Giants. So, um, just lots of like kind of lopsided wins. Um, they even lost a series to Houston. It feels like Houston was giving away series. Um, for a little bit there. Actually, sorry, they split the series with Houston, in my bad. But they lost the their run differential, I believe, in the series. And then against the against the Philly, uh, Phillies, sorry, sorry, Baltimore, they lost the series. So they're just losing series left and right to teams that it feels like they should be trying to do better against. And then they also lost the series to the Twins, who's a division rival that's trying to make the playoffs themselves. So just looking at their division and how it currently stands, um, they wanted to have to get they wanted to get to a better start of course they're still above detroit and kansas city as they should be but cleveland and minnesota both um 
above 500. Cleveland right around an average run differential. They're at minus two, just almost at zero. Minnesota's positive. Uh, Chicago is minus 23, so quite negative to start the year. How concerned should Chicago White Sox fans be, Travis? Yeah, I think they should be very concerned. Um, six and 10 is not the start they really wanted. Uh, again, some good performers in the lineup. Grandall, Andrew Vaughn, um, right now, Luis Robert. Those are those are their main big contributors. It was Tim Anderson and Moncada, but I think right now they're both on the 10-day IL, so they're dealing with some injuries. And then on the pitching side, um, you basically got Dylan Cease and Mike Clevenger and the rest have just been they've been bad i mean lance lynn kopech giolito those are your three big guys i think that you almost want to lean on other than dylan cease and i think going into the season dylan cease was your ace or your second starter in that rotation to really lean on but three big guys that need to be successful if they want to make the playoffs this year and it has just not been a good start for these guys so i i do think it's panic time um it sounds premature to say in in the 16th game or 17th game of the season but i just think a team like them uh the season they had last year they needed to get on to a good and a fast start it has not proven so far and the minnesota twins are the team that's basically been the exact opposite they've been on to, off to a terrific start so a team like the white Sox, they will need to battle it out they're not going to be playing detroit or kansas city as much they can't depend on getting those wins as the season progresses, they're replaying other teams and other divisions, other leagues. So I think right now it, they really need to get things uh, aligned and, and, and back into charge because they they can't afford to you know keep playing poor baseball. I'm also a pretty concerned if I'm them just because the division, it seems like the Twins are better than last year. If Cleveland's just the same team or even slightly worse, yep. they can probably outpace these White Sox. And yeah, it just seems like the pieces, unfortunately, have never been all kind of clicking at the same time for them throughout this last couple of years on this last this like this run they've been on i'm actually pretty high on andrew vaughn as a whole i think that he is actually poised for a pretty good breakout i also think that you know clevenger is someone who has a lot of you know inconsistency i'm not really banking on him in a big way he, he had some negative media attention this week travis um i don't know if you saw but apparently he made his walkout or his warm-up song gold digger and obviously he has like this whole controversy with his like wife accusing him of of a lot of bad things and stuff oh, so geez, yeah. it, it, it it is it is a not uh I, i'm just saying i'll just put it this way i'm not a fan of him at the moment so yeah i think that him not i'm not really high on his skills and yep. or him as a guy so you know I, i'm not really bank i'm not really counting on the white Sox to get much out of him this year um even though he started okay so far um but beyond that just uh, back to the baseball side of things uh i do like cease i like robert like i said i like vaughn but um i think there's a lot of you know question marks throughout the lineup uh it's a first year coach which is not you know the end of of the world but um lots of really bad um performers so far i mean i can't believe eloy's numbers even it's only eight games but a 35 ops plus is pretty crazy yeah um yeah and then like you said there's injuries all over the place so um not great not great and we'll keep it rolling here travis uh st louis is another team i wrote down they are kind of in a spot where i think they have the talent to win their division and even you know put a bit of pressure on division on like the other division winners and in a playoff series if they get the pitching squared away but i have not been impressed with the pitching decisions um or at least in terms of just the pitchers that decided to roll with this season i think it's pretty and it's a pretty uninspired group um just maybe not that 
high of a ceiling with their rotation and then the bats maybe not quite what they were last year even though i still think um they have plenty of upside and, and walker seems like he's really poised to um be a rookie of the year candidate so i'm not i'm not i'm not sleeping on them too hard but um you know i think to have a losing record at this point in the season is not what they really expected and and the brewers look really solid which is kind yeah. of that, that that's part of this right you can't just look at um, how is the team doing the teams are competing against uh the brewers 11 and 5 st louis is 7 and 9 that's actually fourth in their division it's actually below pittsburgh who i expect to take a step backwards and the cubs who are eight and six cubs actually have a pretty good run differential at plus 16 st louis down at minus seven so just not a great start uh for the cardinals but travis should they be concerned i i think i mentioned it last week too i i'm not uh i'm not panicking just yet i know the pitching has been um it's it's been kind of a question mark you know it, it's it's funky when you see a guy like jack flaherty a 1.76 ERA. You look at that and you say, man, that is just a terrific start to the year in three starts. You look at his FIP, it's north of a 5.4. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that before, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe this early, it's more common, but right. it's it's interesting to see that a FIP is just so bad, but the ERA is still putting out to be very valuable. I'll, um, I'll put it this way. If you have Flaherty in fantasy, I would sell high. It's yeah. a good time to sell yeah, high. You're Pe- right. People might want to take them off your hands because that's you're right. 1.7. You're six. right. You're right. It's it's one of the worst FIPS on the team, and it's probably, if not the best ERA on the team, which is, again, I, I don't – if you're out there, love to look at stats. I'd love to see when a guy finished best ERA, worst FIP. So that would be really fun to look at if that's ever even happened before. But, uh, yeah, I, I again, the offense I think is really what's going to save him this season uh props to two of my fantasy boys uh Lars Newtbar and Nolan Gorman they're they're basically their biggest killers on the team Lars Newtbar actually just came back off the IL he I think he was only playing the one one or the first two games of the season and then had to get on the IL for a little bit but now he's back I think he had a home run yesterday uh he's got tremendous power tremendous exit velocity same thing with Nolan Gorman those are two really big sluggers in their lineup uh- and then uh, a really a really good eye on Newt Bar. You brought it up. Sorry, sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, but no problem. Eight, eight walks in three games. What? Yeah, I know. I mean that. I mean he was doing that kind of for Team Japan a bit. Um, he was doing a really good job being a leadoff hitter for them. Uh, and I, my, my friend who's Japanese, he said like his favorite thing about Newt Bar was his eye. I'm like, yeah, like it's really impressive what he's doing in the World Baseball Classic. He's carried it over to the MLB season. A 667 on base. Obviously, just three games, but doing an amazing job of working counts and stuff yeah and and again also with just kind of the old vets i mean arenado and goldschmidt they're doing their job you know arenado with a with a 136 ops plus uh paul goldschmidt a 154 ops plus so i think they're still getting things together edmund could pick things up a bit i know wilson Gutierrez could also pick things up a bit uh it's funny even even the amount of coverage that jordan walker is getting and he's off to a you know he's off to a pretty good start uh, still only a 702 OPS, uh, you know, a 267 batting average. It's decent, but I, I feel like we were talking about the power in the spring training. We were talking about how many home runs this guy is going to hit. So far, the power, uh, it could be a little bit better, but I will say, again, he's 21 years old, uh, really one of the biggest candidates for rookie of the year. I think he had a, uh, what was it, like a, a double-digit hit streak? something like that it was going on for the first couple games yeah yeah he i think the biggest thing that i've noticed from him is he's lacking 
the launch angle. I see lots of tweets mm. about him hitting too many ground balls because he still hits the ball very, very hard. I mean, if you look at him in the box, he looks scary. Like yep. you do not want to pitch this man. He, he looks like he has so much pop and he does. But um, even like some of his home runs, I felt like they were just line shots that like he hits so hard they got out. But if he can start pulling more fly balls and maybe spraying some liners all over the field, um, I expect those those home runs and doubles numbers to just kind of rack up. But you're but you're right that so far the slugging is not really an impressive number as sitting at 400 on base only at 300. But I do expect some of those numbers to kind of turn around a bit. Does have quite a bit of strikeouts at 17, but like you said, he's yep. a 21 year old. It's his first time seeing big league pitching, so I expect him to to only improve from here. And, and I would definitely expect as well St. Louis with the amount of prospects and the amount of talent they have in their minor league system. I mean they almost have to be making some moves this year for pitching. I, I would think they'd have to go out and get a starting pitcher, uh, someone who's available to come on over. You know, even we were talking right now, Alex, you know, Mike Clevenger, if the White Sox just aren't a working, uh, a, a successful machine, then will a guy like Mike Clevenger be a person they'll look on to be, you know, trading or moving come the deadline or even earlier if he's having the success this year? Would the Cardinals want to go out there and get that kind of guy? So um, I, I know they are just, littered with talent in their minor league system and and it's something that they might have to utilize you know come may june this year if they really cannot get off to a hot start because this team is built the offense is built to win the division the pitching staff and eh, that's that's a that's a different story and I, I think that you know st louis fans and the organization knows um this team is special on the offensive side of the lineup if they can get the pitching going well they can be a very dangerous team especially with some of the other teams the way that some of these powerhouse teams we've talked about, not off to the greatest starts, uh, but I'm sure we'll talk about them right now, right? Sure, yeah. Um, we can keep it rolling over to the Dodgers, Travis. The Dodgers are a team who are 500, right? Um, they are, yeah. Is that the most updated number? Yeah. So I have them at um, right yeah. out, right outside yeah. of the wild card race looking in. And obviously, they're only, they're, looks like they're one game out of the wild card, but um, they're just in a spot where they're not used to being there, right? Like, obviously, we know there's ups and downs in the season. They just had, like, a monstrous uh, Muncie series up in uh, the Bay Area, up in for San Fran. So um, I think there's these bright spots and and sour spots. And, uh, you know, guys, I think I think there was, like, uh, the first week or two, people were saying, you know, I'm tired of, of Muncie. He's just not been what he used to. And then he just has a crazy series. So right. yeah. it, it's just funny how, you know, this early on, there's so much variance. But... Um, should the Dodgers be worried at all, Travis? I know that if you look at their division, the only team ahead of them is Arizona, and we don't expect them to finish ahead of them. So I wouldn't be too worried personally. But like we've said going into the season, the Dodgers did not bring as much talent into the new uh, season as they have the last couple years. So where are you at, where are you at with them right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not at all too worried. I, I even know Baseball Reference has them uh, at a 99.6% to make the postseason. So I, I don't think anybody's worried. They're still at a 24.3% chance to even win the World Series. So that's still one of the highest 24? odds. 24%? 24% still to win the World Series. That's What? I, and it doesn't sound I'm, right. I, but I, I'm surprised any team has 24%, let alone. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. You think I, it'd be like the Braves or. I know. would think. I think no one would be over 20%. That's just crazy. Yeah, but, you so, know, I, I guess in baseball. It's all about making the postseason and they they're, got a good they're shot. They're still so. – I, I think they're saying it's just such a lock for them to – Make the playoffs. Yeah, make the playoffs, probably even win the division almost, even though the Padres are a great team in their division. Um, I think they're just so you know big on them that they're going to get to the playoffs and then they can figure things out from there. Uh, so far, you know, guys like James Outman have been a very, very nice spark to that lineup. 
Muncie, who's really kind of caught fire so far. He has been uh, he, he's been, of course, a nice bright spot this past week. Trace Thompson, he had a very nice start as well. Uh, even Jason Hayward, I will say 10 games so far this year, not the best batting average at a 182, but they're really getting the power out of him. A 591 slugging percentage, Alex, that's an 860 OPS. Uh, it's almost like Joey Gallo is playing for the LA Dodgers in Jason Hayward's body because the batting average is just so poor, but the slugging percentage is so high. This is what we usually see from a guy like Joey Gallo. But it's in Jason Hayward right now. And, and we actually saw a fun series. I think he had a home run or two against the Cubs, his old team. I know there was that really cool play uh, where Bellinger robbed uh, Jason Hayward home run. And it was really funny because both outfielders basically flip-flop teams from previous years. So uh, they're, they're getting at least some some good production from guys that they were, you know, were almost their diamonds or, you know, guys that did not expect to uh, to get this production or value from they're getting it from they just need to get guys like chris taylor picked up jd martinez need to pick things up uh even david peralta who they got for cheap needs to pick some pick pick it up basically and then uh uh you know miguel rojas miguel vargas are two guys as well that might need to pick things up as well i think miguel rojas only yeah miguel rojas only nine games but it's it's atrocious alex it's a and i think he just got hurt if i'm not mistaken Maybe, no, i'm not no. sure if he's on the aisle or not it might okay. have been, just been a day-to-day thing i remember I, I watched the i watched the game and he was running the first and he got hurt but i don't remember 100 percent. but dodgers are actually only behind the arizona correct but in, in terms of run differential they're only behind the braves and milwaukee so they're they're like in terms of their performance and where they expect them to be. I'm not worried at all. But I, I, like we've said in the past, it's not quite the same Dodger team as years past. The Padres seem like they're a bit better, even though they're not playing great. How about did, the How about uh, the Padres? Uh, one more thing on the Dodgers. Go ahead. Do, do you Did you hear anything from Is Is Gonsolin on the IL right now to start the year? Um, I'm not 100 percent on that. I I'm not sure. But I, I will just say the only thing I'm pointing out, and and it is a little bit of a concern, is you know looking at their starting pitching. I know uh, Michael Grove has gotten a lot of starts for them, at least three starts so far. Has an ERA at nine. Troubling, uh, yeah. Yeah, Noah Syndergaard has not been a great con- contributor already so far. He has an ERA above five. Clayton Kershaw a three five ERA. Um, I, I know if Clayton Kershaw is healthy, he'll be consistent with that three, possibly even like a high two ERA. So I'm not too concerned with him. Dustin May, Julio Urias are the two guys really carrying that workload and that rotation. But that's a big thing to look at as well. Will this starting pitching staff hold up throughout the whole entire season? Are they going to have to make a late season add? Uh, it seems like they always do. And it seems like it's always a great move, like when they bring in a guy like Scherzer. But I, I just am wondering right now, what is their plan moving forward? Because I don't think I, I, I'm pretty sure the front office should know this starting rotation. Probably, I, I, I don't be certain, but I don't, I don't think it's going to last the whole season. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like World Series upside no, really. No. I mean, Urias May Kershaw is a pretty really, it's a pretty dang good oh, top, of course. top three. Of course, but it does feel like maybe a piece is missing there. Um, but you're right about Gonsolin. I, I don't see him on the base reference page at all. Um, but yeah, I do like some of the young bats. I think Vargas, um, is going to be legit. The average is low right now, but his on base is really high. He has a really legit, um, eye, uh, at the plate. Um, Freeman and Betts will keep doing their thing. So I'm not too worried about, um, them as a whole, but like we keep saying over and over, it does not feel like it's quite the same team as years past. Um, the Padres have us are also, they're eight and nine, I believe at the moment, um, they have, you know, they're about 
one and a half games back of the wild card. They actually have a negative two run differential in the season. So just pretty much an uh, even team. They're scoring as much as they're allowing. Um, any thoughts on them? Uh, I guess I still think that they're a playoff team, but you, you kind of need to see a stretch of them, right? And maybe, maybe yeah. when Tatis comes back, Tatis, for those that don't know, has been absolutely mashing the ball in the minors. I don't know why he's allowed to play down. In yeah, these, it is very funny that he's been able to play down there. I think he had like six home runs in like three games or something. He, yeah. was, he was just going crazy. But, I mean, as expected. And, and so he might be he might be just totally ready to go when the time comes for him to be reinstated to the roster. But any thoughts on, on the Padres? And, and you know, I, we haven't seen him get hot yet. So yeah. what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and that day actually will be coming on Thursday, Alex. He will be reinstated wow. this Thursday. So uh, I, I will say that outfield with Grisham and Soto will be will be something else to look at. Uh, I, again, I, I'm not worried about them as well. I see guys, you know, Xander Bogarts is off to a spectacular start. I know that's going to calm down a little bit. Manny Machado is not off to the best start. I know that's going to pick up a little bit. Juan Soto as well, not off to the best start. That's going to pick up um, even with Tatis sliding on right in there. I mean, they, again, they have so much talent on this roster. You can almost say if Machado and Soto were to have down years, you still have Bogarts and Tatis to have great years. Or You, you, you basically can say, I'm, I'm not going to see these four superstars all having down years all in one year. So one of them has got to have a great year or a couple of them are going to have a great year. So the roster is too good to uh, really go downhill. And you I know, think Musgrove is coming back pretty soon too. Exactly. Things are looking up. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, it's funny. Even right now, I mean, looking at, you know, two, two old guys that they kind of just got for depth uh, DH spot pieces. Nelson Cruz is actually off to a great start. He's batting 300 with an 851 OPS. Matt Carpenter, not off to the best start. Uh, but th- again, that's why the Padres just got so much depth. They kept on getting guys so they could say, hey, if one guy doesn't work out, we have another guy to slide on into that spot. So um, I, 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 I really am in, you know, I, I really am. What the hell is the word? I respect what the front office did for the, what the San Diego Padres have done by getting all this depth with all these superstars. They know that if someone goes down, they have someone that can slide right on in take over and uh, be be a valuable and effective baseball player right then and there. And also the starting pitching. I mean, Seth Lugo has started off really well. Also, you Darvish, again, starting off very well. Ryan Weathers started off really well. Getting uh, Musgrove back, that's going to be, again, a, a nice compliment. I know Snell has not started off really well. so He will be uh, better than a seven-year way, I'm sure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think also a lot of these guys are still figuring out everything with the pitch clock. Um, I, think, I think Blake Snell's had some... Uh, he's been in the news with the pitch clock as of late. I think he's gotten some balls called on him or he's gotten some uh, uh, base on balls allowed on him because he did not pitch the ball in time and players were issued walks. So he needs, he'll, he'll figure things out as well. But uh, I mean, how big you're, you're, you're 500 Alex and you're going to get Tatis and you're going to give Musgrove back. I mean, again, Padres really just should not be panicking at all because they have just so many superstars to take control of this team. And then the last team I have down here, Travis, as a team we need to assess if they should panic or not, is going to be the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, looking at where they're at right now, I just think that the biggest component of their panic meter should be looking at the rest of their division. Um, if you look at the NL East as it stands, Atlanta is 12-4, and four, which is a great start, a really great start. Uh, and that's with a plus 24 run differential. The Mets are 10 and 6 with a plus 12 run differential, also very good. Even Miami is ahead of them. 
nine and eight, but a pretty bad run differential. But then Phillies are down at six and ten. So just a really um, behind the behind the uh, the ball really right here. I mean, they're not even that close to 500 they need a winning streak to get to get back to 500 um a minus 16 run differential for them um and of course we know about the injuries they're missing harper yep. hoskins is out for a while um you know nola and wheeler have not had the best starts to their season i have them both in fantasy both i think got lit up in their first starts against texas if i'm not mistaken so um just not amazing starts to the year for their key contributors. I know they have Trey Turner now, and he's just someone who you can kind of hang your hat on and say, yep. at least this guy's going to come out there and produce every day. But overall, what's your thoughts on them? Um, are you worried about their ability to make the playoffs given these injuries and given um, just, you know, the fact that, you know, they might not have the same juice they had last year, you know? Yeah. Hey, Alex, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Is this, is this Brandon Marsh's team now? I mean, looking at the numbers in the start, I mean, it's, it's incredible right now. I, I I'm a Marsh guy. I'm a Marsh guy. <laughs> uh, 378 batting average. So I mean, almost a 1200 OPS. I think that's Barry Bonds playing center field for uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. But I I actually am worried about them. I I I think the division they're in, they cannot afford to get off to a really slow and bad start. A third place finish in the National League East. It doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be that sixth wild card team again. You know, if 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 you finish third in your division. The best you could really hope for is that sixth spot. Now, with how you know how good the Brewers are being and how good um, you know we're seeing some competitive baseball from the Diamondbacks. I don't anticipate them being that way at the end of the season, but I do anticipate the Dodgers and the Padres both getting into the playoffs at the end. Um, you look at that right then and there, and you look at the Phillies, and they might not be making the playoffs after spending three hundred plus million dollars on their shortstop and Trey Turner. Now I know they're going to probably get Harper back. Uh, sometime in the next six weeks or month, um, and we'll discuss what what their plans are with Bryce Harper. But uh, they they definitely need to get something going right now. A lot of their big bats are not uh, are not proving to be uh, you know successful in, in in their roles right now. Kyle Schwerber slugging percentage is down. Nick, Nicholas Castellanos, I honestly ever since the playoffs last year, Alex, I just don't know where he's gone. Um, he used to be just such a big bat for cincinnati and now it just seems like a guy that does not play great spectacular outfield defense he's also not hitting the ball very well so it, it, you're almost looking at him as what are you really bringing to the team um and then also you know not not the greatest of starts of jt Realmuto, even though i know he, he catches and I, i'm sure he'll get things back into order but there are some guys that i think really need to pick things up a bit um it's funny, Travis. The best four OPS plus numbers on their team are Brandon Marsh, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, and then Mundo Sosa. It's yeah. like those are just four youngsters that you just like did not do. They're, you know, think about all the max contract, like, you know, $100 million players they have on their yep. team. But Brandon Marsh, Bohm, who are just like these guys who just got called up in the last couple seasons. Bryson Stott, who I think made his debut last year, and Mundo Sosa, who's bounced around as a youngster. Those are their guys that are carrying the offense so far. Obviously, I expect the guys you mentioned to pick it up a bit and those guys to fall back a bit. But yeah. um, it's just a weird spot for their franchise. It is. It is. And honestly, and you know, when Harper comes back, wherever he's going to play, it's it, interesting to look at if Bohm goes back to third and you look at Mundo Sosa as being somewhat of a trade piece. 
with the hot start he's been on. I know a lot of teams could use a shortstop. They could use a third baseman. So with the start that he's been on, maybe that could attract some, uh, you know, some players in the game to get a guy like him. But I, again, I, I am on the panic button. I think they need to really figure things out. The pitching has just not been that good. I mean, I know you can talk about the ERA and the FIP. Uh, the FIP on some of these pitchers, it's not terrible, but just looking at some of these ERAs, you know, Aaron Knoll is nearing a six. Zach Wheeler's north of a four. Uh, Bailey Falters north of a four and Taiwan Walker's north of a four. So uh, it, it's it's not going great on the starting pitching side. And then the bullpen side is, again, I, I think they've just been a, the last two to three years, Alex, I think going back to 2020 um, in that shortened season, the Phillies bullpen has just been historically bad and and it's it's consistent year in and year out i mean they get a guy like craig kimbrell who i know me and you are not huge and you know big on that he's going to be craig kimbrell of 10 years ago he's got a 7-5 era right now he's just he, he's not himself he he's a guy that I, I guess he just keeps on wanting that you know 10 million dollars a season contract and teams keep on giving it to him but again it, it's just not panning out to be that same guy that we saw you know, 2018, I think there was those moments in 2020 or 2021 with the Cubs where it was unbelievable. But again, I I, I don't I didn't like that move that the, that the Phillies did, um, but they did give him the money and it's just really not showing to be uh, very nice right now. But uh, any thoughts on the Phillies right now uh, on on pitching side of things? I think the Nola and Wheeler will round out into shape. I think that they're too legit to, you know, have stinkers of, of seasons. I think that, you know, their FIPS both being in the mid threes kind of tells me that they are better than what their ERAs say. That being said, we know that the Phillies defense has been questionable in the past, um, especially the corner outfielders being Castellanos and Schwarber. Bone being an infielder is not a great defender. Um, but, you know, with Stott and Marsh and Trey, um, even some Edmundo Sosa, you'd expect the defense to get a bit better. So we'll see if those ERAs can kind of go down a bit because ERA, I think people don't realize how much that is affected by the defense just because um, those ground balls between infielders, if you can have a great guy make a great play, um, it saves the pitcher's day. It can, yep. sa it can save their whole start. So mm -hmm. um, their bullpen, like you mentioned, um, a lot of question marks in Kimbrell. Um, Gregory Soto has not been a huge contributor. The ERA and FIP are both pretty bad. Anthony Dominguez, ERA and FIP, both pretty bad. Um, Jose Alvarado um, is a bright spot, at least, um, with a pretty good ERA and, and, a, and a .32 FIP. So his only six and one-third inning um, has been really dominant. Travis, actually, wow, six and one-third inning, but 16 Ks and no walks. Wow. That's a, and only, yeah, one, a one, uh, one earned run. So really good start to the year for Jose Alvarado. But um, you obviously need a whole group of guys that can get it done back there. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to have an above-average bullpen this year, which, of course, is going to make things a lot harder trying to make that playoff push. But any other teams, Travis, in the mix? or Not too much. I mean, it, I, it's funny. I look at the American League East. It's it's strong. Um, right. You know, it's funny when you tell the Yankees, hey, you're going to start the year 10-6, and six, but you'll be four games back. And yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays have caught fire. Uh, one thing I'll point out about Tampa Bay is they – Nothing against that their their first you know couple series, but they actually did play play a real team this past week, and it was the Toronto Blue Jays, and they lost two of three. So that that of course was one big thing that caught my eye is that 
they weren't playing the Nationals, the A's, the Tigers anymore. They actually got to play a you know a true contender, and it woke them up a bit. I think it's a good test for them, and and they they definitely have some stuff to work on. And if we did our power rankings this week, that would probably be a huge uh, you know thing to look at. As you know, you start playing successful over five hundred baseball teams, and hey, you can't win that series. So um, that's one thing to look at. They're still really really good right now with at a 14 and 2 record I, I think they play tonight as well i think they have a series against the cincinnati reds which again they should they should feast on that series again but uh, um, a plus 76 run 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 differential travis is absolutely crazy yeah it's like it's like that's three times better than the next best team which is the yankees at plus 25 no one else is even in their stratosphere in the american league in terms of run differential so yep. even though you're completely right their schedule has been quite quite easy especially during that winning streak to start the year i also think it's true to say that there is just this um you know everything is working for them they're doing yep. a great job of of uh scoring lots of runs not allowing very many runs so that run differential tells me that even though they're playing bad teams also this offensive output is, is very legit um in many ways um uh, everyone in their starting uh starting nine besides memo margot has an above 100 ops plus and then even guys you know on their bench um Taylor Walls, a 140 OPS plus. I don't expect that to continue very long, but he was a really bad hitter last year, and things are just, things are just going uh, perfectly their way. So um, I'm interested to see how long they can maintain this kind of momentum. Obviously not a full season, you know. It's, it's never how baseball works, right? The team that starts the hottest exactly. usually doesn't end the hottest, but um, they know what they're doing, it feels like, and, and I have high hopes for them. Yeah, it's really crazy even looking at baseball reference, Alex. Every Every hitter's OPS plus is practically above like a 120. And, and, and every and every pitcher, Travis. I mean, McClanahan, yeah. 271 ERA plus. Drew Rasmussen, 164. Jeffrey Springs, 758 ERA plus. That's his video game well, I numbers. I think was on the IL now, right? I think he he tweaked his elbow. Jeffrey Springs. Jeffrey Springs. Oh, I didn't yeah, know against, that. Against Toronto, I, I know he came out of the game early and wow. one of the starts. But a, who a, knows? Yeah, Eflin's been really good. Um, who is their biggest contract in franchise history? And Look at that! They found a they found a nice fit for him. So who 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 would have thought? And then Fairbanks has allowed no runs in four innings. I think I what was the nickname? They had a nickname for him. I, I'm blanking, but it was something funny. How like it was based on the fact that they never even use him because they're never even in safe situations. Oh, they gotcha. keep blowing everybody out. Gotcha. So he's like their closer. And it's like he never even gets saves because he only has four innings pitched because they're always just blowing teams out. Yep. Why, why use your best guy in that situation? He's allowed no runs so far in four games. Um, Jason Adams has been great out of the pen. Um, I mean, everyone's been great, Travis. Their whole bullpen yeah. has really good ERA pluses, except for Josh Fleming, who I assume will be fine. Um, but yeah, I think that they're obviously um, have this record for a reason. But that being said, um, you can't be this hot forever, right? Exactly, exactly. And I, I anticipate them to to fall a little bit as the uh, as the months go on. You know, I, I think we all can look at it and say they they probably at the end of the year will be a, you know, second, third place team. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. I, I, I'm interested to see like where they kind of stand up with the Yankees and the, the Blue Jays. Um, I run like, you know, the wild card race time, but I think that, you know, uh, Brandon Lau, Wander Franco, um, Yandy Diaz, these are guys who are having great offensive starts to their year. And I think that they're legit, really good hitters. Um, Harold Ramirez as well as hitting the ball. Great, but he, I kind of view him as a platoon guy, but he's really playing 
a lot of PAs and, and, and it's working out for him. So I think that um, they know what they're doing and uh, not, nothing more needs to really be said on that. But um, Travis, if we keep it rolling here, um, this is a really quick update from before we started recording. Jacob deGrom exited a game after four no-hit innings. Um, it almost feels like it's every year, right, Travis? Uh, unfortunately, exactly. we want him to be to be great because he uh, has the potential to be, you know, the best pitcher in the planet any given season and one of the all-time greats to ever take the mound. But it seems like on a rate basis, he's dominant. On a volume basis, not able to stay out there. This could be nothing, but, you know, he left after four innings, only 50-some pitches with uh, wrist soreness. I don't know what that means, Travis. I'm not a pitcher, <laughs> yeah. but wrist soreness that doesn't that doesn't register for me. I don't know what that 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 exactly entails. Um, should the Texas Rangers be worried about him, Travis? Are you worried about him? Do you think you can trust him to get to I don't know 150 innings pitch? Is that is that is that a too tall of an ask for him this year? That would be that'd be a good betting line. I I I would be going under that, but that would be good to look at. I I again, it, it's almost like these little stupid injuries that keep on you know sidelining him for one to two weeks throughout the season and then he comes back and then something else happens and then you know it, it just it's just a common uh consistent occurrence with jacob Degrom that we've seen over the past couple seasons whenever he's healthy and pitching he's great he always then of course has to endure some little some little ding here and there that uh that you know is is sidelining him for six to eight weeks throughout the season and that is always hurting his team's chances to um, a making the playoffs or B making deep runs into the playoffs and you know getting a strong position in the playoffs again I think that's why you mentioned it and and I agree it, it's a surprise that the Texas Rangers invested so much money into a guy like him um, he, he's the kind of guy that would be the the cherry on top of a team that's already built to win 90 games you know a team like the Dodgers a team like the Cardinals a team almost like you know, even like the Mets or like the Braves, someone that's that's already built to win 90, 95 games, having that big game pitcher to pitch. I, I mean, if I think you mentioned it before the podcast before today, Alex, if the Dodgers would have got him, the Dodgers should have just benched him the whole year and said, OK, you're having two starts in September and then you're going to into October geared up healthy uh, stamina at 100. And, yeah. and that's almost the make, team that you think make would be pitch every three successful days yeah. with Jacob DeGrom. But with Texas, um, I, I don't know how, how it's going to go about for them, how the season's going to be, if it's going to be a roller coaster with IL stints for Jacob DeGrom. Uh, it's just definitely not a good sign when you are uh, two, two and a half weeks into the season, you're already, you know, feeling this pressure that he has to go on the IL possibly for, you know, soreness here or little little dings here and there. So it, it's just, a, it's a concern right now for DeGrom. It's a concern now for the Rangers uh, looking forward because, they also endured a, another painful uh, IL stint from one of their big contributors in Corey Seager this past week. That's um, right. Strained hamstring, correct? I don't know, but I do have him in fantasy, and it does hurt a lot to uh, lose <laughs> yes. your starting shortstop. Four weeks. Yeah. Um, someone who we we're both high on in the MVP kind of conversation, at least like some sort of all MLB context. Um, someone who was hitting the ball. Uh, pretty well, a 182 OPS plus before the injury stint began. Um, still leading their team in war despite missing a couple games since that diagnosis. But you mentioned the word roller coaster for the Rangers, Travis. Couldn't be more, uh, couldn't think of a better word myself. If you look at their baseball reference page, it has their game results. They won their first series. They're winning games like 16 to 3. Um, and then, you know, 
they end up losing a game down the road to three to ten to Chicago, and then they come back and beat them eight to two and eleven to two, and then a couple days later they're losing to the, they're losing to the to the Kansas City Royals one to ten, and it's just like it just <laughs> yeah. it just up and down and up and down, and then they lose to Houston nine to one, and then they beat them, then they beat them what, what is that nine to one? Yeah, it's like what oh, is wow. what is going on here? So, yeah, it, it's just it's just up and down the whole way. Um, Andrew Heaney, Travis, someone who I've always been pretty high on in regards to what he could become. He had a really great year with the Dodgers last year in a more limited volume capacity, but I still think, you know, two times through the order can be a really good pitcher. He's had really good and really bad starts already to start the year. I mean, I don't even want to pull up his game log, but I remember there was, Travis, there was a start where he set an American League (laughs) record for the most strikeouts consecutively nine yeah. straight strikeouts in a row first time through the order and then he had another start where he got completely blown up so i don't know what to expect from the guys like andrew heaney guys like john gray guys like martin perez i don't feel like i can count on them week in and week out Ivaldi overall i do like him the era is bad i think he'll, he'll improve he's got a good strikeouts yeah, the fifth's amazing <laughs> yeah good strikeouts not that many walks but um allowing i guess too many base hits which you know yeah 21 hits in 15 and two-thirds so i think the hard the hard the, the the high velo is is just allowing a lot of hard contact I, I'm, I'm i'm looking at and i'm thinking and the bullpen there's some guys uh that look nice but you know we'll see how things kind of shake up for them they're, they're one of the hardest teams to pin down for me the texas rangers because a lot of unproven bats that could be good this year you know josh young has a 120 ops plus could end up being really good um could end up hitting some sort of like rookie wall i'm really not sure you know Haim and and low have been good so far but you know I, i'm not i'm not 100 sold on, on what they can become at their ceiling but um, they're currently leading the AL West, which is already, we discussed, a stacked division. But, you know, this early in the year, I, I don't know what to make of it. So um, we'll just keep things rolling, Travis. Um, I think that the next point we can stop at is I want to ask you um, about our team, the LA Angels, Travis. They have had an up and down start to the year themselves. They lost their first game in dramatic fashion. They got a little bit hot after that. And then just recently have started to cool off um, in a way that has many fans sort of, you know, upset as usual because they know how important this year is to keeping Otani, to trying to prove to him that we mean a serious business about winning baseball games, about making the playoffs. Um, Mike Trout deserves it. Otani deserves it. Um, we think the fans deserve it. So um, this year is important. And I want to ask you, what is your opinion? Is it a good move or a bad move calling up the 2022 draft pick, Zach Neto Travis? He is, I believe, our second or third second, overall prospect. Second, second overall, overall prospect, yeah. Yeah, probably depends who you ask. But second overall prospect behind Ohapi, who's probably about to graduate Neto will probably graduate soon himself off the prospect list because, I mean, they're both starting games for the Angels now. Um, these are guys who have been in our, our system for a really short time, but they dominated AA last year. Um, Neto was mashing, I think, AAA uh, to start this year. And already, Travis, um, David Fletcher gets sent down despite his, he's on a, on a, you know, a contract of, you know, I think five or six million a yeah. year. Um, so he's getting guaranteed money down there to play AAA. Um, I'm not, I'm not, a guru when it comes to knowing like the different differences between like optioning and all these kind of terms but 
Um, I know he's down in AAA, still on team control. I think he was a two. I think I read he was two months away from being five years of service time, meaning we would not be able to option him anymore. Hmm. So they did it now rather than later um, to give Zach Neto a shot in the bigs. Uh, first big league hit was today, I believe, and so far ex- displayed some great discipline. But Travis. Are you worried about rushing a youngster like this? Um, he's only been in the minors for less than a less than a calendar year, not even a season. Less than a calendar year, he's been in the minors. He was in college last year, you know. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts about the aggressiveness by Perry Manassian to say we need to win now? Fletcher is not cutting it, even when Hefo's hitting the ball pretty poorly. We need a better shortstop option. We're bringing up the youngster and Zach Neto. What was your opinion? Yeah, I I do appreciate. Perry, our GM, being so aggressive, um, his entire career at the Angels, you know, basically cutting our pools, cutting Justin Upton because they just not fit with that equation of of, of the roster and what they were trying to do. I appreciated those moves. Firing um, Joe Madden. Yeah, I I just appreciate the 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 ruthless uh, behavior of you know I don't care if it's not going to be a a fan you know favorite kind of pick or or a storybook ending kind of pick. Um, or, or, or move. Um, I want to. I want to make the move that's going to make the most sense in us winning ball games. Now, I will say there is there is concern also for rushing this this Zach Neto. Um, you know, the Zach Neto move had a very nice spring training. Alex had a very nice last couple games. Um, actually, playing in Anaheim against the Dodgers, he had some pretty good hits. Exit Velo was very nice. The defense was spectacular, and so far we've seen great defense at the big league level in the, in, in the first couple of games. Um, one thing I, I do look at, and I, I don't, I don't want to say it's cruel; it's it's awesome to see. But it, I mean, can you imagine saying you're making your debut at Fenway Park, and then also the next series you got to go to New York, a team that you cheered for, and you got to play in that uh, just that haunted grounds of uh, of the Bronx, and you got to go put up with those fans. Um, it's going to be a big test for Zach Neto, and if he can uh, come away, you know, playing excellent defense and still having great discipline, then I think that that's an A plus pass right there. I think so far the the contact and and the hits will come. Right now, I'm just I'm impressed with what he's been able to do at the plate with the discipline. I think every 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 at bat is has been a two two or a full count. Um, he's seeing pitches. He's he's working the counts deep. Uh, that's something we haven't seen a lot with uh, most of our. Uh, call-ups most of our prospects you know guys like brandon marsh joe adele uh even taylor ward when he first started it, it was just not pretty plate appearances that's one thing i will see about zach Neto. he is having some long and good at bats um but it is a concern I, I i will say bringing a guy up that has i think he's had less than 60 minor league games alex i, I don't know how many games he's had in the minors and you're already being called up and you're the shortstop for the Los Angeles Angels. It, and you're it, starting it, every game yeah, you've been up. Yeah, it, it's, it's a big task. And even to, uh, I think on Sunday, he was moved to the leadoff spot. I mean, imagine saying you're in front of Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and you were playing college baseball less than a year ago. It's It's got to be crazy to think. It's also got to be pretty cool to be in, you know, be in front of these guys. But um I, I do think that th- there are a lot of guys that, you know, I think need, need to perform better. Um, I think on, on defensive side and also on the offensive side, you know, Jake Lamb needs to pick it up offensively. Luis Renjifo, uh defense and offense, I believe, needs to pick things up. Ren- Rendon's starting to pick things up uh, offensively. Did have some big errors in the Boston series. But um, I, I think there are guys that need to pick some pick, pick up the slack a little bit. And I think Zach Neto is kind of that, maybe that pusher for some of these veterans to, you know, 
get get it going or we're going to bring up some young talent to kind of take your spot and, and we're going to kind of ride with them so um it's an interesting move by perry uh, i i i like it a little bit also i don't like it just because i don't want to I, I keep seeing us rush some of these guys into the big leagues and you look at adele i mean i mean i think we were all big in 2020 bring up adele let's see what he's got he's crushing it in the minors i want to see this talent at the big league level it just did not pan out to be successful right away and same thing with taylor ward did not pan out to be successful now taylor ward is an all-star now he's a great hitter and uh and joe adele we haven't talked about him alex but he is probably the minor league player of the year right now with how much power he's offering at the triple a level so will we see him this year or ne or probably next year starting i mean there's a really good chance so it just takes a lot of time for some of these players to really mature into successful big league players and rushing them in is uh it's it's kind of a dangerous thing you could do i mean you might take away a guy's confidence and then you look at two three years later uh of a, a two or three year project to build that confidence up to bring it back to a major league standard but that's my take on it um it was a disappointing weekend in boston taking one out of four games i think we all know that the, Red, the angels are a better baseball team than the boston red sox at least on paper and uh you know there were some some very uncharacteristic miscues throughout the weekend but uh it is it is cool to see a guy like zach netto the first guy in last year's draft get the call up um out of any big league team he's the first guy that's gotta be a pretty big honor yeah i think that i'm overall like you a little bit mixed about it but um i'm I think one thing i'm not mixed on is the mindset i am very high on perry's aggressiveness his want to win he knows how important this year's performances from in terms of the whole franchise in terms of what it means for the franchise's future um Artie moreno we don't like him travis we've said that before <laughs> yeah. but one thing we do know is that this is a big year for him i think if we crashed and burned he would make big changes i'm not sure if he tried to sell the team again i feel like he when he said he wanted to stay he probably really wants to stay yep. um i see you know nevin is on a on the last year of his contract it's just a one-year deal right now um perry i don't know how long his contract is for but i think he if we crash and burn this year he'd be on thin ice himself just because uh Artie probably wants to see results so i think that perry is doing what he can to win baseball games and i think uh using zach netto is sort of um a means to that end i think it is a way for the angels to win more now and yes there's a, a chance that stunts his grow somehow but um that adele 2020 comp well i do 100 percent see um how that might have hurt him i think that um that was just a really tough time for all minor leaguers because they canceled the minor league season yeah, you know true um true. but of course neto could be getting his reps right now in triple a but he, he was mashing the ball um, last year in double a and you're right in spring training he was hitting the ball great and in that angels dodgers you know freeway series that they do before the season starts every year um they were playing in big league ballparks and they're playing against big league pitchers you know that pretty much the dodgers starting rotation he was in the ball really well so i completely understand why he was like targeted as a guy to bring up especially with fletcher's bat being very very poor to start the year when he being suboptimal as well um, Urshela doing pretty good so far, but I would say a lot of ball and play luck for him. Not much pop. He did get one finally out over the green monster, which I was excited about. But overall, um, you know, I think the Angels have a good amount of position player depth, but Neto is just another guy who they can try to 
um, get uh, some really good plate appearances from and play some good defense at shortstop. So I'm excited for him. I Like you said, it's a big road trip for the team, and uh, it's going to be big games for him in New York now after finishing up in, in Fenway. So I, I'm excited for the kid. I, I'm obviously going to be pulling for him big time. I think that you know when the Angels pull someone up, Travis, it usually means that they're here to stay. Yep. They, they, they don't really make these moves just to try some guy out. When they called up Adele, they let him struggle for a bit. They let him try to figure things out. Same for Marsh. He got called up and stuck around a bit when Trout got hurt in 2021, I believe it was. Um, but yeah, they really are not really in the business of calling you up just to kind of tease you a bit. I mean, Ohapi started the year with the team, Travis. He's been the catcher number one for the team the whole time. Obviously, that's because partially because Stassi's hurt, but also because yeah. Ohapi has uh, earned that spot in the preseason and then so far in the regular season has earned it as well. So uh, I think their aggressiveness with these youngsters, sometimes it pays off, sometimes it might be questionable, but I mean, Detmer's Travis was an early call-up. Chase Silseth was an early call-up. Silseth's still dominating AAA as we speak right and now. He'll so. be called up probably the next, I would say, two to four weeks if he continues what he's been doing too as well yeah i mean if you if you don't get good outings from guys like canning or tucker davidson or whoever you're kind of suarez jose, well. jose suarez you're yep. kind of five six starters so seth could be slotted in there so um the angels are not i wouldn't say it's because they're impatient they just understand the importance of the season and i think perry um is not taking half measures right he is exactly. he is he is trying to do everything in his power to uh, show the MLB that uh, Angels are trying to be a serious club this year, so I, I'm excited. It's it's a they're a 500 team as we speak. There's things to like. There's things to be upset about. But overall, I think the starting pitching has been overall really good, at least in terms of the top three. And um, from there, we can see if uh, minor league depth or uh, other acquisitions can kind of help there. Maybe a bit of a positive regression from Tyler Anderson would be would be huge. But um, the bats will come. I do think. Um, at least in terms of the depth and filling in. I think that, um, you know, Ward has been a bit slow of a start. Um, I think Lamb has, you know, underperformed, and I expect, you know, Walsh to kind of hopefully come back soon, uh, hopefully off the IL soon enough that he can um, come back and be at least a platoon first baseman, if not yep. a full-time first baseman. But I, I, I think there, there's, there's things to like, and I think the things that um, are not going Angels' way, um, should should be addressed and, and could regress positively. But either way, Travis, um, it is still so so early in the season that we have to kind of see how things shape up. But I, I, at least I'll say this, Otani and Trout have been incredibly impressive as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and some of the new ads have been have been great so far. Urshela has been a, a plus. Uh, Renfro has been a plus in my book. And I'm really pleased with guys like Detmers and some of the guys in the pen as well. But um, Travis, let's keep it rolling. Um I will say it was disappointing only getting, I think, two innings of Shohei today because of the rain. Uh, that that was it disappointing because every time you look at Shohei, it's it's must-watch TV. You almost look at it as a, I, I don't want to say a free win, but he's going to give you seven innings of very good, high-quality work out there. He's going to be almost double digits in the strikeouts. It's almost like a Garrett Cole he, going he, to the mound. He, he feels unhittable right now, Travis. Yes, he, he, yep. did, he did walk a runner. That I think stole bags, maybe it was past balls. I, I it was two pass balls. I, yeah. I, I wasn't able to watch. Which in wet conditions, that's not yeah. a big surprise. And, and his, his control has not been amazing this year, but his ability to miss bats has been the best of his career. He really is striking everybody out, and he is people aren't able to put the ball in play. Honestly, like it's it's crazy, um, or at least not 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 in play for a hit because. Almost all the runs he allows, I feel like it's walks and sacrifices. Yep. Um, that's how they scored their only run against him today. 
um, in, in the two innings of, of work, but he allowed no hits. So um, I do think that Otani uh, is 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 one of the best pitchers in the world as, as we speak. So yes, I, yes. I'm excited for the season ahead for him. Travis, um, Pablo Lopez was extended today. Um, I just woke up to that notification this morning. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, that would be good for the uh, for the uh, Twins fans. But um, it looks like a four-year, 73-something million-dollar deal um, expected to be finalized soon. I guess they're really impressed with, with, with what he's done so far. And that deal seems kind of right. Um, I Definitely. think it seems like something that he's earned with his play both in years past and this season so far. I think he had a bit of an uptick in some of his stuff numbers. Um, just overall good looks on the pitches. Um, things are clicking for him at the right time here with the new team and the team's playing well. So they kind of want to keep this good momentum going. But any thoughts on that deal uh, how it affects a twin season, his season, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, he's a great, I think, a great two, three starter in a, in a really good rotation. Um, he is currently leading baseball in strikeouts with 33. Uh, a good start to the season. I keep thinking as well, a, a good, in my eyes, a, a pretty fair and good trade so far between both teams. Now, the Marlins getting Luis Arias, the Twins getting Pablo Lopez. Both guys are really working out for those, for those teams. Now, I think both... Both teams are in are in different uh, different paths. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now I don't whether or I, not whether or not they want to be. I think Miami yeah. would like to be competitive, even though they're just exactly. simply not. Exactly. Both guys are doing very well now. I just don't like the move for one of the teams, but I do like the move for the Twins. Um, what they've been able to get. So I, I think Pablo Lopez is, is a phenomenal pitcher. He, like I said, I think he could be a two or a three starter in a. Um, Definitely a three starter and almost a championship rotation. He's got that kind of stuff. So um, when things are going well and he's pitching well, why not extend the guy and uh, you know give him give him his money? So uh, kudos to the Twins and what they've been able to do so far this season in the start, and then also Pablo Lopez uh, starting off hot with them. Um, I think both parties are very happy for what they've gotten. Yeah, looking at the rotation as a whole, um, pretty pretty good so far this season. Joe Ryan has. Uh, impressive numbers. Sonny Gray, really impressive start to the year. Only 17 innings, but a sub one ERA. Pablo Lopez, a sub two ERA through through four games started. So, um, tons to be excited about for uh, for Twins fans. Joe Ryan, actually, I'm really impressed by a 12 uh, north of, north of 12 strikeouts per nine innings. So, um, just overall, um, they they know what they're doing right now. They're they're, they're playing good baseball. Yoan Duran, Travis. Every other day, I see something on Twitter about him throwing. That crazy, yep. that, he throws a, 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 a splinker, a splinker, Travis. That's right. It's a sinker that has some splitter grip action kind going. Of wizardry is this? It, yeah. it, it, it goes like over a hundred. It goes triple digits, but it moves like a foot. You know, it's just something you're not at all ready for to come in on your hands like that with that kind of speed. So, overall, I do think that there's lots of upside with the team. Still, I think some things to prove, you know, out in out in the pen, some of the pen depth, and maybe some of the position player depth. But overall, um, I think a lot of of pluses. You know, actually, I, I'm quite surprised to see their OPS plus for their starters has not been great. Correa, not a great offensive start to the year. No. Well, Jose Miranda, not a great start to the year. Uh, Max Kepler, and actually quite abysmal start to the year offensively, a below a 100 batting average, um, just not like himself at all. And he's someone who I actually am always very high on. I did not get him in fantasy, thankfully, this year so far. But he is someone who I always think has really good kind of exit velocity, pulls the ball. I think he'd take advantage of the shift well, but I guess not quite yet. 
Um, but but despite these kind of poor offensive performances, I mean Nick Gordon, Travis for them, yeah. a minus a minus thirty OPS plus. What is I mean that is that is comically low. But still, despite all this, Travis, they are putting up some really good team performances. I'd say ten and six record, first in their division. Um, so I think there's a lot to be excited about for those fans. So um, anything else on them or keep, keep yeah, it going? Yeah, it's it is very. Uh, kind of surprising opening to see these ops pluses for how well they're doing i mean you got two guys right now starting that have ops pluses above a 106 or above a 105 uh and that is donovan solano and christian vasquez two guys that are just known for good batting averages and not very good on base or slugging you know they're they're contact driven players but right now they're uh they're off to great starts when it comes to the ops plus category but I mean, yeah, again, they got to be feeling good that they have this record and these guys are not performing. You know, Correa should pick things up. You know, uh, hopefully Buxton and Kepler can kind of pick some things up as well. You know, Kepler's going to get better. Uh, I don't think you can get much worse than that. And then also, you know, looking at some of these guys on the uh, on the bench that are offering great production. Ryan Jeffers, uh, a great OPS with a one point one eight two. And then Kyle Garlick, a 1250 OPS plus. So a lot of guys off the bench that are being really, really good contributors so far uh, to start the year off. That, that That's always nice to see. But a lot of these big time performers need to uh, need to really pick some things up if they want to be uh, a better team to extend it and to uh, to really run away with this division. Because I, I truly think they can this year. They have the talent so far. The pitching side has been uh, very productive. The hitters just need to uh, to really get some things in order. It's almost like the Twins and the Cardinals should kind of just pair up, just be just be one mega team, right? I mean, I, that could I, be fun. I always say that about the Brewers and the Cardinals. You know, the Brewers have the pitching; they don't have the hitting. But the Cardinals have the hitting, not the pitching. It'd be kind of fun if they kind of just paired up and just became one team. So, the St. Louis Brewers. <laughs> I don't know if their fans would like that that much, but at least you'd be supporting a really winning product. So, um, that that would be fun. But uh, Travis, last topic I have for the day. Um, we talked about it a bit going into the episode. Bryce Harper, we all know he's out. He had a, a elbow surgery. Um, it was Tommy John, was it not? Yes, Tommy John. And so he is not able to throw the ball. He currently, what I did in my in my pre episode research, Travis, he can currently hit the ball. He can swing the bat like a, like you know live game situations, but he cannot currently slide. If he had to dive back to first base or try to steal a bag, he would not be able to reliably slide head first into a bag with his arms extended. It could result in another tear or messing up the surgery that they yep. did on him. So that's kind of the issue there um, that's holding him out from being the DH. But Travis, they are a team with an injured first baseman, um, I think they actually have two injured first basemen because their Derek Hall, I think his name is, was also hurt. Um, we all know Hoskins is out for the year. So there has been whispers and rumors about if Bryce Harper can come in and be a first baseman because he has said he will do whatever he has to do to help the team win. And I just have a question for you. If Harper comes back in a, I'm not sure how long until he can throw, but if at some point this season he comes back and plays first base where he can throw in a more limited capacity compared to outfield. Um, where do you see him stacking up against the kind of stacked position that first base is? I mean, we made our preseason rankings. You know, our top fives had guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr., Freddie Freeman, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Matt Olson, all these types of guys. Where do you see uh, a guy like Bryce Harper, who, you know, we consider 
a superstar really where do you see him landing on that kind of list of first baseman let's say let's say going into like august or september he's back in the full swing of things playing first base every day top what mlb first baseman bryce harper uh the potential is there i mean hitting wise it I don't see why not. It could be the best, uh, the best hitting first baseman. Uh, I have to see what he brings on the defensive side. If it's Jake Lamb esque, then we might have another problem. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting seeing him. Uh, you know, I, I've seen some pictures of him working around first base. Uh, you know, taking some throws from infielders at first base, probably working on some picks at first base. So it would be really interesting to see if a guy like Bryce Harper. Imagine him just kind of starting his new career at first base and that's how he finishes things off uh you know goes from right field to uh first base uh th- that would be really interesting and I-, I know he started uh alex in in high school or in college where he got drafted he was a catcher so you got to think catchers kind of second spot is playing first base so there's probably just kind of a uh a foundation already built uh playing that position uh, i'm sure he can learn it and be successful at it but yeah, it's it, it would be definitely a I could see him being a top three at number one first baseman if things just worked out. If he can go back to, uh, you know, a Bryce Harper 2021 type of hitting season uh, and playing average to good first base defense. I mean, yeah, why not? He could be the best first baseman in, in the league right now. I agree. I think that he has that like the level of upside. Even if the defense is kind of poor, if he can just be, you know, I don't see why he can't be left-handed hitting Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? Exactly. Um, and, and and that'd be pretty fun to see, honestly, for me at least. Um, it'd be it'd be one of these kind of wild scenarios. I, I I think I'm just a sucker for when a player goes above and beyond for the team kind of thing, like makes the sacrifice, you know. Um, I don't want to force Castellanos back to left and Schwarber to first. I think there was a whole Schwarber to first kind of discussion because he played first base with the Red Sox when Mm -hmm. he got traded there in 2021. I did read a quote from Schwarber saying he really did not enjoy that. He felt really uncomfortable at first base. um, And it was just completely just not, he felt like it was not in his wheelhouse at all. And I don't think he's really practiced it since then. So I think the Phillies don't feel comfortable putting him there because they don't want to put him on the spot in that way and kind of, you know, um, I don't think it's because Schwarber's not willing to make the sacrifice. I think it's just he knows himself and his his abilities and doesn't really trust himself to play that position very well. But if Harper is up for the task and allows Schwarber and Castellanos to stay in the outfield, um, that could be that could be quite fun for me. I think that would be um, a fun look to a team that's trying to claw back into their division race and the wild card race. So I'm I'm all for the Bryce Harper get him back on the field, however possible, you know, first base or or whatever it has to be. So that could be a lot of fun. But Travis, that's all I have for this episode. Anything else before we wrap up? Garrett Cole, Zach Gallen, great job this week. <laughs> good, 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 good players. Are those good, good players? Good players. Uh, yeah, just to point out again, um, I know we didn't cover it first thing in the episode like we typically do, but Garrett Cole is your AL Player of the Week. Zach Gallen is your NL Player of the Week. Um, Congrats. Yeah, Garrett Cole, I will say, is is uh, he is he is in the direction of of a of a Cy Young season right now. I, I again, I I think voters would give it a, a give him the nod other than a guy like Shohei because maybe it's like well he's tried so hard for so long like we're gonna we're gonna give it to him this year uh but ERA is looking great uh strikeouts are looking great as well had a complete game shutout uh this his last start against Minnesota 10 strikeouts in that game has an ERA under one right now but uh he's off to again a terrific start and then Zach Gallen uh 
really funny start, Alex. I mean, atrocious start against the Dodgers in his first uh, in his first game. He he started out as, as an, a nine six four ERA. Now has slowly worked his way down. Now he's at a three point three three ERA. So he is just uh, every start he is lowering that ERA, which is nice to see because second half gallon last year was uh, was uh, a, a strong contender to be that Cy Young winner. He was just unbelievable for the for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But just to point out, two pitchers. AL and NL players of the week. Don't want to leave them out. They are uh they're incredible. Yeah. That that's fun, Travis. And another couple just kind of guys to shout out um that we haven't really covered much. You mentioned Marsh. He's leading MLB in, in slugging percentage yeah. at the moment. It's fun to look at like the leaders at the moment and just kind of say, hey, you know, who is leading baseball? You know, it's very early, too early, too early, too early to really make big judgments, but Jared Kelnick leading leading all of baseball and win probability added and championship win probability added. Wow. So um, he is someone who we haven't covered at all, uh, probably because we're Angel fans and we kind of are preying on his downfall, low key. You know, not to you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. you know, w- wish you the best of health, Jared. But um, you know, Angel fans want to see you probably not do as well as you've been doing. Three sixty two average, four twenty three on base, over a seven hundred slugging playing good defense in the outfield, lots of speed, um, three stolen bases, none caught stealing. Um, still strikes out a good amount, but, you know, there's still um, – he's showing an upside that I think he has not yet shown in MLB. He's always kind of had this trouble adjusting to the big league pitches. It's been his year so far. I don't expect that level of, of, of insane power and play discipline to continue, but so far it's been really good for him, you know. Um, Jorge Mateo, you are the ale all-star starting shortstop right now. Wait, wh- where are you looking? I was just looking at war. He's got a 1.2 oh, okay. war. But, uh, currently, it's funny. Actually, right now, the top three war uh, uh, position players are shortstops. Lindor is number one, then Bogarts and Mateo, and then Luis Araya is number four. But uh, middle infielders right now are are leading the way. In killing war. the game. They're killing, killing the-, the game. But then, that, you know, Matt Chapman, strong start. We covered him last week. Uh, Jared Kelnick's up there. He... He must. He had that monster series. I think at Chicago, uh, he was just crushing home runs left and yeah, right. Yeah, I think he, over the over the center field, like it was like out of the out of, out of the park. He's got to have some crazy. of the best raw power so far this year. I mean, I I, I think yeah. his home runs have been like over four fifty, if I'm not mistaken. It's it's been it's been incredible. And, um, and, uh, lots of other storylines. Alec Manoa, lots of you know, leading baseball and base on balls. Corbin Carroll has been really fun. So, Charles, maybe next week we can do a bit more of a deep dive on some of these leaders. Um, still trying to get the sample size a bit higher before we make yes. any big um, sweeping judgments. But it's fun season so far, Travis. I can't wait for it to kind of keep rolling. But that pretty much does it for us this week. So if you made it this far, listeners, we appreciate you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>